Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today I have an old friend called Brady Nash who lives in Alaska as a commercial fisherman. I learned quite a bit from him today and hopefully you guys do too. Enjoy. So, how's it going? Long time no see. Yeah, it's been a long time. So, yeah, lots of change. Lots has changed. So, well, you're about to have your third kid. Yeah, third kid is due in September, September 15th around there. So, it's uh, gonna be a third girl. So, we're excited. Man, you guys really got the girls. They all need to come down and marry Brian's kids. Yeah, <laughs> that's their <laughs> plan. They have all the boys except for one. Yep. <laughs> Um, and then, sure. Okay. So I have a couple okay. icebreakers questions. So what is your favorite animal? Um, I don't know. Okay. So for some, growing up, I always said it was the peregrine falcon. Okay. For no reason, except that it looks really cool and it can fly really fast. Do you have a couple reasons? <laughs> peregrine falcons have been my favorite animal for such a long time. So this is like as simple as me being like an eight year old wanting to fly and then, and looking at a pairing falcon and being like, that is a really cool bird. I would love to fly like that yeah. bird. And so that's like the biggest reason. So, Gotcha. Still, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, here's another random one. What is your favorite article of clothing? Like shirts, pants, hats? Recently, and I mean recently within the last year and a half or two years, it's become uh, wearing a hat. Okay. Uh, mostly out of laziness, because then I don't have to do anything with my hair. Also, because of commercial fishing, having a hat just really helps because I'm out there, it keeps my head warm, and it's practical. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I I think there's barely a day that goes by where I'm not wearing a hat. It's definitely my favorite piece okay. of clothing. That counts as a piece of clothing. Oh, it definitely does. It's an accessory, yeah. but it definitely counts. So, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up on Camano Island. It's a, uh, what is it, 26 miles long, north to south. I forget, it's skinny, like maybe four or five miles wide, east to west. And um, it's in the Puget Sound, Washington State. Cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, you, how many siblings do you have? Uh, I'm the oldest of six. Six. So I, oh. Yeah. I think I totally exaggerated in my memory you had like 12 siblings. Oh, yeah. No, just six. <laughs> I mean, I have five. five yeah. Gotcha. So. <laughs> and what did your parents do? Uh, my dad basically has done construction as his main job for his, you know, his whole career. Um, and my mom has been a stay-at-home mom with odds and end jobs throughout yeah. the years. So, yeah. Was he a general contractor? Yeah, so he's been a general contractor. He's been project manager for bigger projects. He was on Camino Island growing up. He actually, he actually was a handyman. So he would just go around and do random projects at people's houses. So yeah. Nice. And actually right now they're, because of this whole pandemic, he got laid off. And so they actually decided to full-time move up to Alaska. I mean, they have slowly been transitioning mm-hmm. and this kind of decided to move up here full-time. And so He's basically just managing their properties that they have. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, when I talked to Sarah, she mentions that you guys have been kind of working on getting a place ready for them. Oh, yeah, so they're just up here having fun. So are you in full-fledged fishing season? We were until a couple of days ago. We got shut down. So we're not fishing anymore uh, just because of the way that they're, they're managing it now. Um, because of the pandemic or because of no because they are kind of they're managing for king salmon which they haven't seen the return for king salmon that's not our primary harvest actually it's okay. not a harvest at all we're primarily targeting and harvesting sockeye salmon oh. um, so but they manage the rivers for king because that's where that brings money into the state so you know tourists want to come in and catch their 60 pound king salmon and so that's from a lot of people's point of view that's more important so that's what they manage for so they haven't seen the return of that this year so we got shut down so, so. Mm-hmm. well that stinks yeah it's it, it's kind of a bummer <laughs> yeah so are you supposedly shut down for the rest of the year so yeah they said 
um, in their update that we are shut down until they see higher King Salmon returns, which probably won't happen. So, hmm. um, yeah, basically. <laughs> well, that really stinks. Yeah, it, it's a bummer, especially because, you know, for the two months out of the year, it's your livelihood. You yeah. Know, you're relying on it, but we survive. It's that's that's the nature of commercial fishing. So apparently. Well we'll circle yeah. back around to fishing in just a few minutes. So how old are you now? Are you thirty? Uh yeah, thirty. Turn thirty one in August. Nice. Mm-hmm. And uh one of my, the things that I remember most about you is that you had like a billion jobs and they were all super different. Just tell me a couple of the highlights. Yeah, so Let's see. So my first main job, I guess, was in high school, and it was always going to be a temporary job. And this sticks out as a highlight for me just because it was my first job. It was a sign flipper. <laughs> so <laughs> I was standing on, on the side of the road, and I was dressed up in a lion costume, and I was flipping a sign for a, like an orchard just to get people in. And they had a tent set up with a bunch of produce and yeah, I flipped a sign for. Oh eight man, hours that's ago. funny. <laughs> yeah, so that was my first job, and then oh my goodness, so I've, yeah, I've had too many jobs. It's almost embarrassing because I mean I can pick and choose some jobs to pick put on my resume, but uh, let's see, I've I've worked at an orchard as driving a tractor in Spokane, Washington, while going to school. I've worked as valet at at uh, the Davenport Hotel in Spokane. Um, yeah. yeah, and then in California and there in uh, Fruitland, I've worked as a painter, you know that, and yep. fisherman during the summer. Yeah, and you were a ski year. instructor, weren't you? Yeah, I was a ski instructor for one season, randomly. I wasn't thinking I was going to have that job, but then <clears throat> one winter I was... I was down with my cousin and he was ski instructing. So he's like, you should ski instruct. So I was like, okay. So I did that. Yeah. And then I've done my main job throughout the years. And I, my main experience has been construction. So, so yeah. Uh, built houses. and. What, what kind of requirements as far as skiing goes, do you have to have, or do they just say, well, I guess you can go down the hill without crashing. I guess you're an instructor. Well, that's not even a requirement because apparently I couldn't get down the hill without crashing. <laughs> so I, I had never skied. I had snowboarded my entire life growing up. And then uh, they needed a ski instructor. So I was like, well, I can ski. Well, I told them I had never skied, but I said I can learn how to ski. So I did. And I, for the first week of the season, I went out with the instructors and I learned how to ski. And they would stick me with the in the kid groups and I would. I would teach the little kids My down the bunny hill. Well, yeah. knowing that, so- I have much less trust in ski instructors. <laughs> One week of experience. Yeah. No, as long as I could pizza better than the kids, oh, I could teach the kids. That's fair. Things. That's fair. So you're yeah. probably, were mm-hmm. you working like the, with the five-year-olds? Yeah. I had the class of like 10 five-year-olds and they all, when they hit the hill, they all went off in different directions. <laughs> oh man, that sounds so fun. I actually got better at skiing backwards than skiing frontwards uh, quicker because you constantly are having to ski backwards to watch the kids. So, yeah, that was a really fun winter. Totally ski bummed. It was awesome. Yeah, that would be fun. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, one of my questions is, I was thinking about this because you jump from job to job. Do you think you have ADHD? I've definitely thought about it. I don't think I do. I've never been diagnosed with it. And I'm getting better. As I'm getting older, probably because I have a family and a growing family at that, about biting the bullet and sticking with something, even though I may be getting, uh, you know, bored with it or, or whatever. And construction and painting and all that, that's been something I've gone back to time and time again. So I haven't gotten bored with that. And I don't think a lot of the reasons why I change jobs so often is because my life has just changed a lot mm-hmm. from year to year so uh, as an example like if sarah and i had decided to live in uh, or to stay in ontario you know in, in, in eastern oregon there uh 
I would have probably kept working for uh, your dad and brother uh, painting because it was just an amazing job. I, it wasn't a it wasn't a an issue of me getting bored with that or the work environment or anything like that. Mm -hmm. You know, from my point of view, at least, it seems like I'm willing to work hard, even in it. You know, and 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 commit to something. The problem is then, like in that situation, to can you continue that example? Um, my cousin who commercial fishes up here, um, and where I've been commercial fishing for the last 15 years, offered me the superintendent job. So it was kind of a matter of like, okay, this is something I've been putting years of, in, of my life into, and then I had to decide to come up here and do that versus stay down there. And maybe, maybe it is part me just wanting something new and then moving on to something else. But mm -hmm. I guess in the, moment, in the moment, I never have seen it like that. So, I don't know, hindsight. Yeah. Is, yeah. You always just seemed like you wanted something that you were really interested in. And like, yeah, you can just put your nose down and do it. But you want to really be interested in it. And let's be honest, nobody is interested in painting. It's super boring. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's even all that boring. Maybe it is when you're when you're, you know, 50 hours into the week and you're, ready for the weekend. I liked it. It was fine. I just fishing for me has, I've been fishing since I was 14 years old and it's yeah. kind of like I put so much time into it and it's, I still love it. So it was worth us moving, you know, all this distance away and, yeah. and, up, and coming up here. So. Yeah. Okay. So what city do you live in right now? So we live in a town called Kasilov. There's no real town. There's a post office and a mercantile, and then random houses at, like that you may see every once in a while as you drive drive around. But the closest main city is is uh, Kasilov, which is uh, a thirty minute drive from us. So, and their biggest store is a Safeway and a Fred Meyer. So they have. To, we don't have to go anywhere. Gotcha. We don't have to go anywhere else for anything except thirty minutes away. So that's good. And I assume you're right on the coast, also, which has got to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. We live actually uh, the property we're living at right now is our house is twenty feet from a hundred foot tall bluff. So we have the best view. It's awesome. Wow, that's amazing. You need to send me some pictures. Yeah, yeah I will if we have to. So. Perfect. So you salmon fish, and you do you work for somebody, or you run your own company? Right. So the model of commercial fishing is that individuals will have permits that are worth, depending on the market, anywhere from fifteen to you know thirty thousand dollars per permit. I have two of those permits. I did not okay. purchase those permits. Um, my cousin owns the, the site, the fish site. He owns all the tractors. He owns the boats. He owns all the permits. Uh, and our site has nine permits. But any one person can only have two permits in their name. So he lets me use those permits to, fish, to be able to fish with him. So I am self-employed on paperwork, but I work for him as the superintendent. So that means my percentage, I get a percentage of the catch every year. Yeah. Okay. So I get, uh, actually don't exactly know what my percentage is, which sounds bad, but I've just been fishing so long. It's like, you know, I just am getting what I'm getting. Um, I think it's around 5% or something like that, but I don't have any risk because I don't have, you know, tractors to maintain and boats to maintain. So it's kind of nice. But what, uh, yeah, that is a pretty good deal. Yeah, it is. I, I like it. Um, it's a good situation because I am. Uh, I can come here and, and fish and partake, and you know, it's great. Yeah. The only risk I have is like running into a year like this where they shut you down. <laughs> yeah. So. So so what's your uh, company called? So the the site is Coho Partnership. Is it's boring, but. A couple of years ago, I tried to start a direct-to-consumer company for myself, where I purchase fish from my cousin, um, mm -hmm. and then I sell it directly to consumers. So the traditional, if you want me to get into this, so the traditional model for commercial salmon fishermen is we, we go out and catch the fish. We sell the fish to a purchaser, 
that purchaser just sells and distributes the fish to somebody else, like probably a shipper, and then that shipper continues to distribute the fish. And it, so by the time the salmon makes it all the way to the supermarket or the restaurant or wherever mm-hmm. ending up, it's passed mm-hmm. through three, four, five hands. And each time, yeah. you know, it, there's a markup in price. So, and it is very, very hard to start your own direct to consumer business. I had no idea. Yeah. It's very hard. And so, uh, anyways, it, we, we did do some sales and this year for a variety of reasons, we did not do any sales. I am planning on picking it up next summer again, but yeah, it's been a good, uh, venture. A lot of learning has happened, but yeah. So anyways, so the idea is that you can basically give the customer a price because you're basically selling the fish directly to them. So. Right. And it, and it should be fresher because I remember you wanted to um, have like next day or, or two day shipping very, very fast. Yeah. So that's the key. And, um, and that's a big expense of it too, is like, you want to get it on dry ice and you want to ship it within and get it on, uh, on their doorstep within 24 hours, which is totally doable. There's plenty of shipping companies that can do that. So that's not a big challenge. The challenge is, uh, spreading the word (laughs) basically. Yeah. And getting people on board with it, which it sounds like an easy sell, but like just the marketing, marketing is hard. And I, it was my first time dabbling in, in marketing in that way. So. Yeah. New company, you know, yeah, you're not a marketer and as one man band is a pretty hard thing to run. Yeah. How much were you trying to sell salmon per pound? Uh, so 10 pound box was the most expensive. Then that was the base unit. So the, you could buy 10 in, in increments of 10 pounds. So 10 pound, 20 pound, 30 pound, up to a 50 pound box. So those, and if you bought 10 pounds off the top of my head, it's I'm selling it for like $15 a pound, something like that. And then if you bought 50 pounds, then it dropped it down to, I believe it was like $10 a pound. And, and because, the reason for that is because you get the biggest breaks are in shipping. The more weight you can send at once, the cheaper it is to ship it per pound. So. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I like salmon. I cook it in about a half cup of butter, and it turns out pretty good. Well, yeah, I, I feel like that's a pretty safe bet if you cook about anything. In a half cup of yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty awesome. Yeah. Well, normally so. I hate fish, but I went through a phase where I was reading about the health benefits of salmon, so I bought some, and I was like, I just mm-hmm. hate the taste of fish. I'll just cover it in butter which of course loses all health benefits but it tasted good yeah yeah did you ever have any of our salmon i never did no or okay so yeah i i I firmly believe that most people who say they don't like fish it's because they're buying from the wrong sources or the wrong kind of fish like they're buying uh atlantic salmon thinking they're buying salmon <laughs> and this is but there it's not it's farmed yeah it tastes totally different it's been yeah it's it's not the same as amazing fresh wild alaskan salmon you know and so i've you know I've, I've i know this because i've introduced wild alaskan salmon fresh wild alaskan salmon to people who say they have don't like salmon or don't like fish mm-hmm. and they you know oh this is actually really good you know so yeah, yeah. well most of the fish that I've eaten, I know came from a good source because usually it was fresh out of the lake we were just camping at. And so, but most uh-huh. of the time that was trout and I just couldn't yeah. do yeah. it. But I imagine, I guess if I like salmon that I buy at Albertsons, I would probably really like fresh salmon too. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a world of difference in my opinion. I, I kind of am spoiled, I guess, because, you know, I actually have never bought salmon like in my since you know, adult life, I've never purchased salmon at the store. So yeah, <laughs> do you guys too. eat it constantly? Um, yeah, we, we eat it through the winter. We don't actually eat it all that often. Uh, be, we do eat it regularly, just not like a ton because Sarah, she's not the biggest fan of fish. And she's one of those few that just doesn't like fish, no matter how fresh it is. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'll eat it gritting her teeth because she knows it's healthy but. yeah tell her it's good for your brain your iq goes up 
a tenth of a point with every bite. Yeah, with every bite. So every meal you should be going up quite a bit. Yeah. So, so um, generally, what is the fishing season? Okay, so yeah, we generally open middle of June. So our uh, what we call the recording is what governs our uh, if we're open or not. So we call the recording every day to see if we're open or closed. So sometime around the 10th of June, the, the first recording is recorded. And so we call in and listen to it. And it's usually something like they're waiting for 25,000 fish to go up the river mm-hmm. before they'll open us. Yeah. So that means sometimes around June 20th, around there is when we our first fish day is and then historically we're fishing until the first week of august but then there will be random closures like this year we are done fishing and last year we like the first of august they shut us down right when august did for the same reason because kings were not coming back so. so are they like an endangered species or something so king salmon are not endangered that as a as a blanket statement uh, up here for the for the cook inlet or alaska king salmon mm-hmm. um, the issue is large king and how they classify large king is anything um, over well 11 pounds or something like that so it's actually pretty small but um, yeah so in like the 80s 70s and 80s it was pretty common to catch king salmon between 60 and 80 pounds yeah they were really big but if you think about it sports fishermen in particular target big kings because well it's more fun to catch big kings you want to get a picture with a big king and so over the years even though they haven't been overfished the big kings have slowly just gone away and the and the problem with that is you can't just then say let's just not fish kings for the next 10 years and let their population replenish because kings are, uh, there's bloodlines, basically. It's it's genetics that makes them either large or small kings. So if you fish out the trophy kings, the large kings, to the point where they no longer are returning to their river system, that's it. You're done. You're not going to get those big kings back. And so... Yeah, so that's basically the bottom line. And and commercial fishermen are have contributed to that, but the difference is we fish for sockeye salmon. We don't fish for king salmon. We are targeting sockeye salmon. There's no way for us to target king salmon. Uh, we fish in what's called a, a gill net. And if you don't know what a gill net is, it's basically a wall of net in a diamond pattern. And those diamonds range from four and three quarters inches to five and a quarter inches, five and three eighths inches. And you can see the correlation of the size of fish that you're catching to the size of that diamond. And so we, we catch the random king and we do catch a lot of kings, but we're not targeting. The difference is we catch all the kings, not meaning all the kings, but we like, there's no, yeah, so I'm trying to yeah. make sense of this. Yeah, I see what so you're we're saying. Not, we're not, yeah, so we're not like targeting just a specific size king. We're we're catching all the sizes. And so um, a king will go out into the into the ocean. They, they, they return back to their river system anywhere between one year and eight years. And Okay. So once you... And it really depends on the bloodline, too. So uh, when you... A large king, they stay out for six, seven years. The smaller mm-hmm. kings, the, the the smaller kings that have the, the bloodline of the smaller kings, they're going out for one to three years, and then they're returning. So right now, we are basically just seeing kings come back that are one to four, maybe five years old, and we're not seeing those six, seven, eight-year-old kings anymore. And yeah. And so the misconception there is that, well, oh, well, just leave, don't fish them for, for 10 years. And then those, those two-year-old kings will have a chance to grow bigger into four, five, six-year-old kings. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. A two-year, a two-year it's just not in their fit, genetics to be big. Yeah, exactly. So a two-year-old king is going to come back in two years. They're not going to just yeah. stay out there for a long time. So anyway, 
that's basically it. Interesting. And so, and so the bottom line, uh, so that in, in the end, they're managing for these kings that aren't there. And that's why we're being shut down. So, <laughs> yeah. That really sucks, man. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, the future of setting is kind of in question. And we're wondering if, you know, yeah. at what point does it become not worth it to invest two months of the summer? For now, we'll keep trying. Yeah. So, I want to hear, like, a couple horror stories, if you have any. Horror stories. Um, so, for the most part, it's a really chill job. You go out and you, go out, uh, you pull through nets, you pick fish. It's really fun. But we're in 21-foot aluminum commercial fishing skiffs, not big boats. We're, we're in skiffs. And mm-hmm. so we have to launch through the surf. And sometimes um, the weather can get really intense up here. So not like huge ocean waves like you're, you may be thinking, but like beat on the beach, big breakers that get re- really intense. So one of the first stories, this happened actually this year. The nets, we fish from a mile and a half out all the way right up into the, into the surf. So when the tide goes out, some of our nets will actually go dry okay. on the sand. Um, so it was high tide this summer, and I was, we were picking in from the outside buoy. Our nets are perpendicular to the beach. So we come up to the outside buoy, and we pick along the net towards the beach. And about halfway down the net, the break, we start getting into the breakers as we're pulling towards the beach. And um, Shay, my cousin, he's in the boat with me. He hops out. When we're, uh, of the boat to run up onto the beach to unclip the net because we're going to pick the net up. And at that point, a really big breaker pushes, uh, comes broadside to the boat and pushes me 15 feet closer to the beach. And it, it knocks me over. I fall into the net and I try to get, I try to get out of the net, oh, but I'm tangled up in the net. I try to get out of the net. But, but before I can, another breaker comes and pushes the boat like up onto the sand. But I stick, I stay behind. So the boat moves closer to the beach, but I'm tangled in the net. So I get tr- ripped out of the boat. <laughs> um, that was probably, yeah. it's funny that it happened this summer. Yeah. That's pretty scary, uh, man. That was the most intense thing that's happened to me in the last 15 years that I've been fishing. Uh because I was in the water, in a net, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It all happened so quick. Before I knew it, I was untangled, and I was I was crawling up onto the sand. <laughs> but uh, I remember I'm in the water looking up at big, big waves, and the boat is above me, and I don't know. It just all was a blur, and it was like, oh, man, I got out of it, and I was really thankful I was not hurt, and I was able to walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Um, every year we have we have a safety meeting, and we always tell the story of in the history of this entire site, only one person has ever died, and it was really indirectly, but it was because he was on the outside of the boat or between the waves and the boat, holding the boat because the boat was in the surf, and the mm. surf picks the boat up and then sets it down on his toe, and that's all that happened. But it was back in like the 60s and there weren't any hospitals around so they they just kept fishing and gangrene set in and and he ended up dying oh no uh very like indirectly i mean if he would have got it treated he would have been okay but that's the most that's the most intense thing that's happened right. because ultimately he died but um to me personally the, uh, the me getting ripped out of the boat was the most intense thing. No yeah, kidding. That's it was really scary. scary. I'm really glad I'm okay. <laughs> so the next logical question is, how does your wife feel about all of this? So, yeah, she's perfectly fine with, like, the danger aspect of it. Because really, it's not a dangerous job. And there's little instances like that that sometimes happen. And we were being stupid. And we, we probably could have made decisions that would have not led to the me being pulled out of the boat but as far as the danger aspect of it sarah is perfectly fine i'm sure she worries a little bit 
if I go out and fish and it's rough, rough ocean out there. Her biggest thing is change. And so for the last couple of years, it's been an adjustment to be in Alaska. We are 30 minutes outside of town. So, you know, 30 minutes away from any kind of socialization. So it's been interesting and with the adjustments that have been going on. And it was a big decision to come up here. We didn't make the decision lightly. So, so yeah, that's been the biggest thing with, uh, as far as the, the concern that Sarah has. She, this year has been amazing. She's started, she's really begun to, to really like it up here. So that's been really fun to see. And, you know, sometimes things like that change takes time mm-hmm. and adjust an adjustment takes time. Yeah. And it's been it's been quite the process and but we're both really glad that we're up here. So yeah. It's quite beautiful, you guys, in all your pictures out there. I would I think that maybe next year something will come visit you. When we went to South Dakota this year, it was eye opening just to see a whole different landscape and I was just like, Man, mm. we need to go to Alaska. Yeah, you definitely should visit. It'd be really fun to have you guys up here. Um during yeah. the summer. Probably, but I don't know. You're Ontario. That they get a lot of snow, so you'd be fine coming up here in the winter. But it'd probably be more, it'd probably be more fun coming up in the summer. <laughs> you can hikes. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. So, in a funny way, I think that you are pretty indirectly. I don't know if that's the right word, but you are kind of responsible oh, really? for this podcast existing because oh, really? you really heavily influenced me when we worked together a couple years ago because you are a really curious person and you talked about things that I in my circles people were not into science or anything if anything that we were into we were into literature and so I had a pretty narrow sphere of influence and you opened my eyes to a lot of new things and that was really exciting so anyway thanks for that so is there anything specific that you are into right now? I'm really excited. I, you probably are guessing I'm going to bring this up. Um, with, with SpaceX right now. Um, I knew it. I was going to, my next question, before you continue, my next question is, and I quote, are you still a follower of the cult oh of Elon Musk? Uh, Sarah gives <laughs> me such a hard time about this all the time, too. But uh, yes. No, um, I'm just really excited with what I, it, it's not my fault. It's the same guy that has his hands in all these different things that are awesome. But uh, mm-hmm. SpaceX right now is uh, SpaceX is they've, they've been putting satellites into space. And there's all these conspiracies, all, all these conspiracies going on with what what's going to happen as a result of all this. But all that aside, I am excited about it because just I don't know the idea of high speed Internet anywhere on the planet i don't know like yeah it's just exciting so yeah. like my, my you know sarah she being a missionary kid her parents are still over in papua new guinea mm-hmm. they they fly out to their village for two or three months at a time every two or three months so they end up getting getting over there you know two or three times a year into their village and then they fly back out to their main um center to do the back translation. What they're doing over there is translating the Bible. And um, I don't know, something like high speed, low latency internet out in their village is just an amazing tool for something like that. You know, think yeah. any, any kind of humanitarian effort mm-hmm. is amazing. Also, it would be awesome to have good internet where I live. So, no kidding. <laughs> that would be really good. So, just like anything simple like that, I, I mean, just the fact to have good high-speed internet is right on the horizon because they've been putting the satellites into space and and uh, that's going to start rolling out the end of this year and next year. And so, yeah, currently that's what I'm really super excited about. I've been spending a lot of my uh, free time watching the developments of that. So, mm-hmm. Interesting. I didn't know much of that existed. The only thing that I really hear about every once in a while is just his wanting to get to mars right yeah so that's what all the yeah i mean he is crazy he is absolutely crazy so like i mean it, 
it, it, it might happen, but yeah, well, it, he is a crazy guy. But I don't know. I am just his rockets are really cool. Right now, he's making a he's designing a rocket that is as tall as a skyscraper that's going to land both halves. So a fully fully reusable rocket that's going to land vertically. I don't know. That is really, really amazing. I, I think it was probably two years ago, and Smarter Every Day did a pretty good video of it, but it was when those two, I don't know all the right words because I'm not super into this, but the two pieces, you know, the the things that propel the main thing into space, they come back down and they landed simultaneously. That was really awesome. Yeah, the booster. Yeah, yeah there could... we go, booster. Yeah, booster. And so the difference with this new ship is the booster is going to, land and the second stage is going to land so that's pretty that's awesome. a big deal that's a big deal because it's so expensive those things are so expensive so if you can reuse them yeah 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 it is a big deal so so i need to tell you that um last year i got to drive a tesla and it was pretty cool did that's yeah. awesome so nice. for a minute i got a different job for a contractor and his oh, yeah. wife had a tesla and I was kind of like their personal assistant for about a total of four minutes. Anyway, but in that time, she allowed me to drive her Tesla. And it was awesome. And it is my new life goal to buy one of those cyber trucks. I think those are the coolest vehicles of all time. Yeah. So you're one of them that actually likes the, the look of it? or? Oh, yeah. I think they're so exotic. Yeah. They're really cool. I, I like them. I really like them, but it definitely, definitely uh, split the, the opinion on that. So there's definitely a split yeah. opinion on that. It definitely goes to a person who doesn't mind get, being the center of attention. Yeah, it's true. It's like, so you're going to, if you, once you get that, you're going to be like uh, the people driving around the Hummers, you know, so. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> yep. They'll be like, oh man, what happened to that guy that he's overcompensating? And then it'll just be a me, a little midget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well i mean you can it's actually not a outside the realm of possibility especially before their new the model is it the model y i actually don't know a, a ton about tesla right now. is it the model y the most recent one that is the base price is thirty five thousand dollars it's crazy i think so they are not outrageously expensive anymore they've really come down yeah i know it's awesome. and just in ontario in the, um, do you remember where Jolton Juice and the Home Depot is? Mm -hmm. They put up a, a bunch of Tesla chargers. And I think that there are a total of three people in our little triangle of towns that own a Tesla. But there's a couple of charging stations for them. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, should I have asked you any other questions? Did I miss anything? Um. I don't know. I just wanted to, uh, I guess, revisit the whole commercial fishing versus sports fishing. It, I kind of, sure. I kind of got up on my soapbox a little bit and started. It, I don't want to come across like I'm like bashing sports fishermen because that's not at all what I'm trying to do. I love sports fishing. It's really fun. Mm -hmm. And I'm all for the state bringing in people to have a good time and enjoy our state. But what I do want to say is that there has been a systematic over the last 30 years, 40 years, there has been a systematic targeting of a certain kind of fish. And so something something needs to change or else these fisheries that are a lot of people's livelihoods on the, sport, mm -hmm. on the sports fisherman side uh, and the commercial side, because the sports fisherman side, there's a lot of guides out there that rely on the kings as their livelihood. So mm -hmm. something we can't just be keep doing what we've been doing. And that was the point of my soapbox, yeah. <laughs> you know, rant. Uh, and, but it doesn't appear that the powers that be are attempting to do anything or they're putting their resources and energy into things that don't really matter. For example, they shut us down this year, even though I think I've caught one king this summer. And it's so it's not an effective solution. Mm -hmm. All the while they're keeping the keeping the sports fishermen in the rivers, you know. So yep. yeah. So anyway, that's that. I just wanted to kind of 
revisit that. Um, I did just read uh, an awesome article on that uh, that was written by a sports fisherman. He's a guide on, on the Kenai River um, mm-hmm. where he basically just says exactly what I've I've said. He It's basically we've been targeting kings and something needs to change. So, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I assume that they have outlawed king fishing also. Uh, for in on the sports fisherman side. Yeah. I know that they've been fishing for kings this summer. I don't know if they've they've shut it down right now. I think they have shut it down. If um, I would have to double check that. I think they are shut down right now, but they were fishing for them the, at some point mm-hmm. this summer, which I don't think should have been a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Anything else along those lines before I go another direction? Um, nope. I don't. I don't think anything else. <laughs> okay. Any more preaching comes up, let me know. All right. So, how's your family? I am gonna interview your wife about her growing up in Papua New Guinea. Yeah. So we don't need to get too far in the weeds down there, but just like now, how's your family? What's the age of your kids? Do you have a new one on the way? Yeah. Uh. My family is, they're doing really good. Sarah's, Sarah is feeling very pregnant right now. She, <laughs> she's due <laughs> September 15th. So she's well into, mm-hmm. you know, well into her third trimester. And so she's getting to that point where she's just like, I really want this baby to come. But she is doing awesome. And Isla, our oldest, is three years old. Uh, she is definitely a big personality. Yeah, she is loving helping helping around the house she does the dishes she helps mom bake cookies she feeds the dog she's loving loving to help out yeah so and she's just really fun she has an amazing sense of humor obviously i think she's pretty darn cute she's really cute and willow uh she is a year and a half and she just loves following her sister around and she's starting to talk which is amazing yeah so just having her big sister around she's learning learning a lot so and do they get along pretty well yes they get along very well when they're getting along and they really don't get along when they're not getting along so they're <laughs> yeah fight they fight really intensely but then they also get along really really well so um, yeah. Yeah. So is Willow a little bit more of a laid back personality? Yes, I think she is pretty laid back, but um, I think that's been more out of necessity because she's had a big sister who has been tackling her and <laughs> stealing toys from her mm-hmm. since, since she was a you know little infant. But <laughs> so she's had to learn to yeah. just chill. <laughs> but yes. Yeah. She is pretty laid back. And do you have a name picked out for your girl coming up? Uh, no. I think we've we've landed on a few, and then after a few days, we lose interest in that name. So I don't know. <laughs> we came up with a name for either Isla or Willow until like the week before they were born. So uh, we kind of go back and forth. Um. Okie dokie. Uh, so any other life updates? Uh, I decided, so I'm going to, I actually just started classes uh, with uh, Liberty University. And because uh, mm, yeah. originally I, I went and I got, I went to Moody Bible Institute. And so a lot of their credits transferred over to Liberty University. So I actually had 30 credits transferred. Uh, so, and so I, I just started my um, mathematics in education so i'm gonna get uh, nice so yeah I, I think i'm two and a half years from getting that so yeah i think you'd mm-hmm. be a good math teacher that's yeah I, I think i would really enjoy it i like math so I, yeah and I, I do teaching so i think that might be the way forward especially with fishing teaching makes a lot of sense because even if because you get two months off in the summer you can go fish and if it's a bad summer if it's a bad summer financially then you can still go back and yep (laughs) so yeah 
add that to my list of jobs, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. Okay, so I have a couple lighthearted questions, then a couple serious ones to kind of wrap up every interview. Okay. Okay. My first one is The Office or Parks and Rec? Oh, Oh, why that choice? Um, I think... (sighs) (laughs) Parks and Rec, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah, same. Yeah, Okay, uh, can you narrow down a favorite episode? Hmm. Okay, I forget the exact episode or even what season it is, but what's the one where, and it's been a while since I've watched it, so I even don't even know, what's, who's the guy that starts his business where they don't do anything? They just have a ton of merch. Um, Tom? And they hire a bas- yeah, they hire a basketball player just to shoot hoops in their office. Yeah. That, whatever episode that is. I really, <laughs> it has been a really long time since I've watched it, so it's all very vague, but... Man. Yeah. Man. That Tom episode was just I an absolute train wreck. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't remember the episode name, but yeah, that kind of goes over a series of probably a season. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there is a specific se- episode I'm thinking of where they're like. Is this the episode um, where maybe Ben comes in? They hire him to go over their accounting. Right. Yes, that one. I think so. Okay. Yeah, where they're like, you're losing money. Yeah. You're giving away iPads. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. You know this a lot more than I do. That's okay. Maybe that's why I like it more is because I've only watched through it once. I need to watch through it in a second time. The Office. I do like The Office. It's a really awesome show. I've just seen it like three or four times. So. Right. I could see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, Next question. Is Genesis 1 through 11, everything pre-Abraham, is that legend or history? Uh, it's presented as history, and so I have to believe that it is history. Otherwise, a, good, a lot of the Bible falls apart, or at least becomes incredible. So that's my simple answer. Uh, so yeah, it's history. Okay, fair enough. Um, do you think that there are aliens? No. Oh. No. That surprises me. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you're just so interested in space. I guess I just assumed that you would think that there were aliens. Yeah, so no aliens, but I wouldn't be surprised if there was life, so. Okay. That's a Mm -hmm. medium compromise. Yeah. Um, Okay, and then this is my final one. What or who makes you inspired to be your best self? Hmm. My wife. Yeah, Sarah. Yeah. She inspires me to be my best self. Yeah, you have a pretty cool wife. I wish we were She's still friends. Awesome. Well, I mean, we are still friends, but I wish we were in- close in proximity friends. Yeah. You guys just need to move in, move up to Alaska. Just make that impulse decision and move up here. That'd well, awesome. do you guys have any good jobs other than fishing up well, there? Well, what kind of job are you looking for? Well, I don't need one because clearly this podcast is going to make me lots of money, but Jordan will need yeah. one. <laughs> okay, so what if he what if he go, just comes and opens up a Wehrmacht or a Winco or something like that? Man, I don't know. Well, we're kind of on the road of thinking about getting out of Winco because there's just so many years ahead of him working weekends and having to oh, work yeah. nights half the year. So we're kind of mm-hmm. trying to transition away from that a little bit, and we don't quite know where, where that transition is headed. Hmm. Well, I'll have to I'll have to think about that one then. What were you thinking? Do you guys have a direction that you're thinking? Or? Well, he really likes business and, like, economics and analytics. So, like, I think if right now he could do his dream thing, I think in the past couple of weeks he said he wants to be, like, a financial advisor type person. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that could happen anywhere. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And so would that be going back to school then for you? Yeah, he, he is taking classes right now. He has just one semester done and a few more to go. It's technically a two-year degree at this point just to get in associates, but I think it'll take us a little bit longer because the the workload, because of the nature of his work right now, he works so much. So then he was 
almost every spare minute was spent on school. And that just was not, in my opinion, not panning out as far as any sort of family structure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I was like, you know, if in three years you have a cool degree, but then our marriage stinks, I don't think it'll be worth it. So let's just take a chill pill. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes you have to weigh, weigh that, so. I think you'll just take one or two less classes per semester and not necessarily take a break in the summer, so it'll still kind of even out. We'll see how it goes. Right, yeah. What I, so what I'm really excited about with Liberty, their online program, is you take a full load is uh, two classes at a time. Mm. So you're take, but you're taking four classes in a semester because they're condensed classes into eight weeks. So you take two classes at a time for eight weeks, and then you take another eight, two eight week classes. So it feels, I guess, it may, it feels like you're taking less, but you're not really. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Where is well, Liberty yeah, that, based well, yeah. out of? I've heard the name, but I can't think of it. Is it in Virginia? Yeah, Virginia. That's great. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm out of questions. Okay. Yeah, I was just gonna say, figuring out life is fun. I don't know. I'm 30 and I still haven't figured it out. No. <laughs> we'll see where where uh, you know I am in another three years, and um, it's I'm excited for you guys too. It sounds like Jordan is, is gonna. I don't know. He's figuring it out too. <laughs> so yeah, we're kind of stumbling along. We're just making it up as we go. Every day is just well. I guess we'll see what happens and try to make the right choice every day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for doing this. This has been super fun. I really am glad we got yeah, to catch up. Well, sounds good. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to listen to, to like hearing my voice. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm really I'm excited for you. This is a fun uh, adventure you're going on. I'm rooting for you. It's gonna. Yeah, I'm excited, and I was just like, you know, I really I like learning. And I like people, so how about I just learn about people? My favorite things. Sounds good, but thank you again. This was so fun. Yeah, thanks. We'll talk to you later. All right. See ya.